Hello everyone, this is You've Got 5 Options, a radio show where we prove that 5 is a magic number. Our experts will give you 5 tips on how to make your private or professional life better. We will solve your life challenge by giving you 5 different options to choose from. And our guests will answer 5 exciting questions while live on air. Tune in and feel the magic of 5. Hello everyone, this is Marta and this is Estefania. And this is You've Got 5 Options show. Hopefully you are not totally shocked by now that it's not Anna, but Estefania, as Anna is enjoying her maternity leave. I was just asking before, how is she doing? Yeah, so as we are recording this show right now, she is still pregnant. She okay. still has not <laughs> uh, given birth, but it is the due date today. So maybe it will still happen today. Let's see. Yes, and we are here at the studio. And unlike before, we actually have two guests today. And we are going to be talking about something very, very important. We are going to be talking about conscious consumption. And that's a topic we have not yet had uh, here at You've Got Five Options. So we are very excited to have the two of you. Just say hello. Just say your names. Hi, I'm Jeanette. And I'm Lot. Yeah, and where you're coming from, what are you representing? We are representing our startup business called Noor by Noor, uh, which is a local-based fashion brand. Okay, great. So how is the local-based fashion brand actually dealing with uh, conscious consumption? Ooh. <laughs> okay, in we, one we, sentence. We went, we went all in, right? All into the topic, right? Okay, okay. So, w question withdrawn. Yeah, that was uh, too much. Um, okay, let's start with you, ladies. Let's start with uh, getting to know you two a little bit better. And then we will get to know the history behind your brand. Mm -hmm. And then we will talk about the conscious consumption. Yes, I thought I can have like a one sentence <laughs> answer for the beginning, but. No. <laughs> okay, so let's start with you, Jeanette. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? What do you love doing? Um, oh, well, I'm a very kind person and I really enjoy um, digging into details, like um, getting consumed by mm -hmm. whatever I'm doing, um, pursuing um, wisdom in a way yeah and I try to transform that into uh, everyday actions both in my private life but also with the company um, like in how we um, uh, put our products together um, so that it's not just thrown together but actually um, done in a very um, considerate uh, way. Janet, this might seem like an odd question for you because you're from Denmark right mm -hmm. and you are you a local are you from Aarhus? Um, not, yeah, I'm born here, but most of my life I've lived around in Denmark. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, um, but recently it's been, I think, seven years. Um, I've either lived or in or just outside of Aarhus. Okay, because I don't know how much do you girls being Danish and living here and being pretty much a local get this question, where are you from? Because, of course, here in You've Got Five Options, Marta, Anna and myself, we've had guests from almost all over the world. Mm -hmm. The same with the audience that is all the time reaching out to You've Got Five Options, also because it's a program done in English. So it's also very important for us to kind of start asking people, where are you from? Because it's usually people from almost anywhere. We, we never know who's going to be here. So it's nice to know that for once today we have locals in You've yes. Got Five Oceans. It has now. happened before. Mm -hmm. Yes, we did mm -hmm. have some locals before, but it's true. Very well spot on. You can mm -hmm. see that Estefania is actually the journalist uh, <laughs> uh, here. So uh, good groundwork, okay. good question. Okay, and now Lotte, about you. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um. Yeah, well, I'm uh, I'm not from here. I've lived here the past, I don't know, since I was 18. I'm 25 now, mm -hmm. but also all over the world. I come from a family of entrepreneurs, uh, especially designers. So it was natural for me to 
uh, act on ideas from a, from a very small age, actually. And, uh, and also travel around. My parents took me and my siblings out of school and traveled the world. Um, so I, I come from a, a very uh, inspiring and motivating background. So uh, I guess that's kind of what brought me here. I think that's something that uh, all of the guests of You've Got Five Options have in common, that either if they are locals or they come from a different country and a different background, it's usually people with global mindsets. Mm -hmm. Would you consider yourself a person with global mindset? Yeah. That's great. So when you say all over the world, where where is it that you've been traveling with your family? Um, The US. Mm -hmm. uh, We traveled around and Australia and most of Europe. Uh, Yeah. And then I've, I've traveled to other places of the world myself uh, not so scared of it anymore mm-hmm. and um, what's really important to me in my everyday life and the work that I do is how to bring a positive transformation into design and products and uh, well help with conscious well consciousness in general not just consumption but in general toward other people as well Okay, that's very interesting. You are uh, introducing yourself also by telling us what is your purpose. And uh, that's uh, something that I personally uh, really like. I am really purpose driven person and love translating. We all are uh, living our purpose, but I love translating that into words, being able to put that into words. So thank you for that. And we also very often ask our guests that question uh, just to Uh, let our audience get to know you from a little bit different perspective. Which of your skills would help you survive in times of apocalypse? (laughs) Yeah. um, I am very good at adapting to the circumstances I'm in. Yeah. And that could be a very good thing. It can also be a very difficult thing to be in um, because uh, sometimes it will let me accept things that is not acceptable um, but I'm I'm able to be in it um, yeah what about some of your technical skills do you have some technical skills that you could use in times of apocalypse um, yeah um, I have the craft definitely and then I have um, I experience a lot of times that um, through the craft and knowledge that I have, uh, I am able to uh, come up with solutions that um, might not be the first uh, choice um, if I had other options. Mm. Okay, so you also have some crafty hands Mm -hmm. that could help in times of apocalypse. What about you, Lord? I think I would look for anything that would uh, benefit me and hopefully the other people uh, surviving the apocalypse. Um, and uh, the first thing I'd do is probably find out who could do what and um, build stuff. And I would have people help me uh, if have those buildings uh, not break down because I, I didn't consider everything. Uh, so I think if someone else didn't do it, I would kind of take the leader role and just like, okay, we'll just do this or make like a tippy or something. And uh, and hopefully not everyone would be like me in that area. Mm. Um, yeah. I really like Lotus' approach because she said people who survived the apocalypse, like in case of a survival situation, and your question was, what would you do in, in, a, in an apocalyptic scene or in an apocalyptic situation? So it, it, I think it shows a lot of your personality that you already went by, passed by the apocalypse and were surviving it, right? Like it's, it's the survival. It's nice, it's positive thinking. I think that reflects a lot of your also positive personality. Yeah, and the entrepreneurial spirit definitely comes (laughs) comes across. Marta, where did you meet these two nice ladies? So I met uh, Jeanette actually already a few months ago uh, on a conscious living and how was it? called the workshop Conscious Women Rising She Lab Mm -hmm. uh, event. Mm -hmm. So it had to do with consciousness. And then we got to know each other much uh, better. We see each other <laughs> regularly for a few weeks because we are participating together in a entrepreneurship course 
you could call it this way, I think, in mm, English. Interesting. Yeah. And I guess Laura is your partner, is Janet's partner in this uh, brand company. Yeah, okay. I think it, the time has come to actually yeah. talk a little bit about your company because that's something that uh, I took interest in when mm. you were uh, talking. We are talking about entrepreneurship, about development of our uh, companies. And you've mentioned about your company and I could see the passion there. And I could see also uh, a bigger picture that it's something much bigger than I want to get rich with my startup. So I uh, took a lot of interest. So I don't know which one of you ladies would like to tell us first your uh, path to this company, to having that company started. Do you want to go? Sure. Uh, so it was uh, Manchester, 2015, and we were both on an exchange semester at Hollings Faculty for Fashion. Uh, so we were both invited to this uh, tea party event. And uh, naturally, I, I reached out to Jeanette because she's the only other Danish person and uh, I want to uh, get to know her a little bit. Um, and we actually did that like that day. Uh, we went out that night and uh, had some drinks and started talking and sharing dreams and everything. And uh, kind of found out that we we were both scared of entering the the business of fashion as designers because that was our degree um, because it was so fast and it was uh, it didn't feel like we could have our values or. Uh, our heart in it in any way um, so we started sharing dreams and the dream is to have our own thing and to make our own rules and maybe make a change um, and it just uh, like the process just started there so we started developing bags uh, I think it was just because you showed me that picture of a bag you made like I didn't know how to make any effects <laughs> at all so that was a process but uh, when we got home we started the company we decided that this could be something big and one thing just took over to the next thing and uh, we started talking about it and sharing with the people in our lives and on uh, in the student incubator uh, here in the city um, do you want to take over or <laughs> we will give you time to tell your yeah. part of the story for sure as well. So no worries, you can. Um, yeah, it was like, um, it was kind of like a hobby thing the first couple of years because uh, we knew a lot about fashion and what we wanted to do, but we didn't know a lot about business. And that's still a journey because um, we we kind of have a challenge in the way in our mindset because the conscious consumption mindset is still very new slow fashion is still very new sustainable fashion is still boring to people and we love all that stuff uh and we want to we want to talk about it more we want people to know more about it and kind of feel like first movers there are a lot of other designers and new students uh, loving it the way we do but but when you stand in front of uh, businessmen who have been in the business for years or decades, it's kind of hard to explain why it's so important um, because it, it feels like a soft topic. And I guess it is. But the world is getting more of soft topics. And those, one, uh, those ones are the, are the ones to listen to because, well, like climate's changing and uh, the younger generations are not motivated by money but by surviving actually the apocalypse that yeah. <laughs> we're now facing yeah so um yeah it's um it's kind of like the whole brand has transformed us as people and um we're not we're not where we started we're in a whole different place and our company and our brand is kind of a, a side effect from it or a byproduct which is uh, kind of ironic when we like upcycling by products. Mm -hmm. um, so I yeah. think there are many things in this answer that I find very interesting. There is a uh, sustainability, 
uh, aspect. There is also a consciousness mm -hmm. aspect. There is also climate change, definitely, and business disruption. I totally get you. It's hard to disrupt business, but somebody has to do it, and a lot of people is doing it. So also, thank you for being part of that business disruption wave. And I want to kind of unveil all of this answer by asking Janet, so what's the brand? What's the company about? How is it called? What do you do? Right now, it's uh, very much uh, transforming. Um, we are transforming thoughts into action. Um, and especially this uh, awareness that we have um, gained on uh, this personal journey of uh, of development, sort of. Um, and yeah, as Lord is saying, the, the brand is like a, an extension of our growth. Uh, and we want to share that with the world, um, be of service. Um, Okay, so mm. tell us again what's the name of the brand? No, by not. So everyone who would like to find it, of course, if you are listening to it as a podcast, you just look into show notes. If you are looking at uh, you are looking at it at the TV or you are uh, listening to it on the radio, you can go at you've got five options at the fiveoptions.com or find us on social media at you've got five options and you will be able to find all the links to your website and so on. And it is about when it comes to the product, it is the the what do you? The guess? products are bags, uh, all made from upcycled whatever uh, things that could have been wasted. Uh, so we upcycle uh, byproducts in general into uh, slow fashion bags, which means that the aesthetic is designed to uh, last for years. It it's designed to accompany throughout your life, uh, or as far as possible. Uh, so it's not seasonal. Okay, so you are producing bags by yourself. You two are the crafty girls, or is one of you only doing that? Oh, we both do. You mm. both are the crafty girls that actually take materials that otherwise would be wasted, and you transform them into beautiful products. I can say they are beautiful because I have seen them. <laughs> so uh, the others of you have to go to nordbynord.com to uh, be able to see that. But the bags are really beautiful. They are handmade. They are upcycled. So tell us how you, you say a lot that it's a byproduct of your personal development. Mm. And you've mentioned those words like consciousness and slow fashion. So I would kindly ask you, Jeanette, to tell us what is this consciousness for you? And then you can tell us about the slow fashion. <laughs> Lot. Um, well, it began as a huge frustration um, for us uh, as uh, designers and craft women um, that um, we really wanted to save the world and choose the right material, uh, make the right choice. And what we found was that no matter what materials we were turning towards, there was not just uh, good things, they had really bad aspects as well. Um, so that frustration led us to uh, the understanding of sort of like a epiphany <laughs> that um, um, it doesn't matter uh, what kind of material, um, they all have pros and cons. Uh, the biggest issue when it comes to fashion and uh, sustainability is that we have a huge uh, overconsumption of everything and in part it's been like escalated through fast fashion um, so that realization was like a, a turning point in uh, in our journey um, in becoming designers and business owners mm. okay so Lotte tell us what does it mean this slow fashion um, so there are different af aspects of it, uh, and I can tell from our point of view, uh, as Jeanette told, we uh, started by frustration, and 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 it was mostly fast fashion. You see these fast fashion companies spit out a new collection every six weeks, and um, you buy it for a Friday night, and then you throw it out, or you never <laughs> see it again, and eventually throw it out, and that's just a huge waste. Um, so slow fashion is the total opposite. It's uh, it's designed to last for years, which means the price is also um, according to that. Um, the quality is also uh, according to that, and um, 
and you're meant to make your own decision on how to style it. And that's also what we think about in, in our way of designing. Um, it should fit different things. It shouldn't be the, the one thing. So so like you can see today maybe like like it could fit Jeanette with her like more classic uh, uh, black style right now and and but it could also spice up a look like I don't know um, it, it like it's it's all up to you as as a consumer. Um, I think I think what we emphasize is is definitely that we have something for everyone. Um, whether it's it's the colors or uh, the composition of the design or whatever, but but we also want to teach people that if you want it, uh, if you want it according to your values, and I think we can all agree that we don't want child labor, we don't want um, we don't want people to be stressed over the way it's made. Then it has a price, and it's not. 10 euros anymore like it's higher and that's also why you should keep it and it's not just for Friday night mm. hope it makes sense absolutely I think you're talking about something very important and is uh, manufacturing clothes with close to zero waste and uh, maybe a lot of people don't understand or don't have that mo much knowledge of how the fashion industry works as much as you guys do because it's your field. And yes, of course, it is a waste to buy a T-shirt, wear it for a night and then throw it or completely forget about it. But the manufacturing process also required a lot of resources that were invested into mass manufacturing that exact item that you bought for five, 10 euros. So just very quickly before Marta goes into the next questions, could you explain briefly what kind of resources do you need to manufacture massively any kind of clothes? Is it water? We all, I, I understand that, for instance, a lot of water gets used to, to produce clothes. Also, you were talking about child labor, uh, that it's involved in some of these manufacturing processes. It varies a lot. Yeah, I think it's not an, uh, an easy answer. Mm -hmm. um, it really depends on, on the product. Um, but like, take a cotton t-shirt. Um, cotton is... Um, is a material or uh, a raw fiber that uh, grows on the field um, and only 1% of the entire production of um, uh, yeah, landfills is uh, organic. 99% uh, is using pesticides to uh, maximize profit on, on this raw material. Uh, and then it goes through a very long process of um, becoming something we can actually make uh, a fabric out of. Um, because um, it needs to be, it's a very uh, like tough um, uh, fiber to touch. Um, it's not very clean. Uh, it's not as white as we see it in uh, in the t-shirt. So there's a lot of chemic chemicals, a lot of water going into um, uh, cleaning or preparing the the fiber for um, uh, for the for the for making the fabric. Um, that for one, and then there's the whole coloring pro process. Um, uh, and fashion printing and everything, um, yeah, labor. It's a, a like a basic T-shirt is a very quick uh, product to make. It takes like eleven minutes or so uh, in like huge uh, industries. Um, uh, and yeah, it does take that much. I don't want to <laughs> hurt anyone by saying skills, but not <laughs> um, talking, being arrogant about it. Um, but you just sit and you do the same. Um, it's called a process. Yeah, yeah, it's the mm -hmm. same uh, sewing, the mm -hmm. same uh, set, say the side mm -hmm. seam, for instance. It's the same seam that you sit with, and you just go mm -hmm. a million, maybe mm -hmm. through mm -hmm. a day, right? Um, yeah. So okay. broken down into this, uh, uh, it takes yeah eleven minutes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So we are talking about in fast fashion. We are talking about often child labor, we are talking about some um, water consumption, we are talking about waste, uh, also meaning that these things, because of the way they are manufactured, they get destroyed easily. So that's something that we just throw away. We talk about introducing new uh, line of fashion every few months. That means that not everything gets sold and 
some things get thrown away, probably also even without being used. I don't know, just uh, an assumption. Absolutely. But there is like we are talking like a lot of waste mm -hmm. and we are talking a, a lot of unnecessary um, waste. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. So what are you proposing instead? I want to say being mindful um, caring about uh, what you put into your basket uh, when you go through a store, whether it's uh, the food store or a fashion shop um, and just just start somewhere. It doesn't have to be all at once. Uh, I couldn't do it. I still can't do it, but I'm doing my best every day to just make one choice that is more conscious. Okay, so that was proposing uh, for us like uh, hu everyday uh, humans. That's very nice. Uh, mm. I still wanted to get a little bit of answer. What do you propose in your company? What do you propose instead of? So if I should go and buy a bag in one of the fashion uh, stores, mm. I would have to think about all those. I mean, now I will be thinking about all those bad things. But what do you offer instead of that? If I were to choose your bag, what would I be buying? You would you would be buying um, hopefully the story behind the the way it's made the values that we bring to the table um, choices we make on yeah. behalf of our uh, users um, yeah so would I be buying something um, uh, something made by any children no no <laughs> would I get some chemicals with it. Still, yes, uh, with some of the, the materials, there will still be uh, some level of chemicals, um, but not like our newest uh, material is a, a SWAN label, label um, qualified or certified. Mm -hmm. um, so there's no um, um, like chromium hasn't been used to make the leather uh, useful uh, and it's vegetable tanning in, in the process. So, yeah. So I would be buying mindful uh, chemicals only absolutely necessary and of the best possible highest quality and the no. most natural possible as as it gets right now. OK, yeah. so I wouldn't get any child labor. I would get as few chemicals at, as possible. What else would I be getting with your products compared to these uh, massively produced yeah. clothes? <laughs> there are so many answers. It's yeah. kind of easy for us to to get caught up in like our own little world. So like even before we totally forget to mention our brand's name, we just assume <laughs> people know it. But um, yeah, we keep improving our brand, and we actually talked about it earlier today. We we talked to some other designers about it, and uh, like three years ago when we were still developing our products, we. Uh, wrote down on our website that we strive to, to become as sustainable as remotely possible um, so that so we will keep thinking like how like this choice like is it more or less sustainable than where we are right now and to us sustainability is so many things it's it's the conscious aspect of it but it's also the materials and and when we choose new materials we also like always think about this uh, and at that time, we, we talked about the zippers, like, wouldn't it be amazing if even the zippers could be sustainable someday? And and uh, a few months ago, we just got our new catalog from uh, one of our suppliers that the zippers are just a little bit more sustainable now. Like, mm -hmm. they applied some, some recycled into it. So, of course, we will, we will take that option from now on. And maybe in three more years, it will be even better. So, like, we keep improving ourselves, and I think that's that's something we talk about a lot. Like, we want to improve ourselves and help others make more informed choices rather than claiming we're perfect mm. and telling other people, you should be perfect, you should, like, mm. uh, just, just join, and, and, and at least we could help you um, make other choices if you don't like our designs. Mm. Uh, You've mentioned that we are with the bugs getting some of your values. So what are your highest values? Hmm. This is something that we should just be able to <laughs> throw out there. It's also okay to take a moment and, and mm. think about it, mm. uh, of course. Uh, but what are those values that you are bringing? 
And you can see that they, there are like certain words that come all the time around. Mm. And for instance, be mindful, be more aware of the kind of choices that you mm. make. And this leads towards the whole topic of conscious conscious consumption. And I guess mm. that your values are somehow aligned mm. to what conscious consumption means. So maybe we can start by saying and telling the people who's listening to us, what is exactly conscious consumption? Oh, again, it's um, mm -hmm. it's like this is not something that we can just put one word onto and then it's going to be like that forever. Um, so right now it's very much about this, um, yeah, this transformation um, and, and a deeper understanding of, of the mindfulness and also some love, I think, um, in the sense that we, uh, we're not judging uh, and we're not trying to judge others uh, for the choices they are making, um, but we're trying to say, okay, so what can we do uh, today uh, to be more uh, responsible in our ways? So, yeah, responsibility um, is a level of balance. Um, and this, yeah, I feel like really love is how we want to do it. Yeah. That's how we make it. Like, that's the secret ingredient, I mm. think. And... And maybe we just haven't found our word yet, but mm. like our, our word right now is now because mm. it kind of embraces all the other things. And um, it's kind of weird that that every brand or business should have. Okay, we have three values, guys. We have <laughs> balance. We have uh, uh, we have three. I don't mm. know. Like, <laughs> like uh, we are just trying to, to be present and to have an honest conversation with people. Mm. Um, yeah, honesty. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like Definitely. that's also, but, but 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 you could also call it uh, normal human <laughs> <laughs> decency, I don't know. Mm. But yeah, we're just like, we're just two nerds loving what we do and, mm. and, and trying to be of service in, in a very, uh, in a very destructive, sorry to say, <laughs> But business, uh, fashion is still very destructive, and and the whole day today we just we spent walking like we didn't worry about anything. We just we walked the way out here and enjoyed it, and were present and talked. and And before that, we met with two other upcoming designers and and had an, a wonderful conversation with them. So it's just like inviting in and sharing instead mm. of keeping everything to ourselves. Yeah, community. Mm -hmm. in, a, in a way, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, you did share quite some nice values with us. Uh, so thank you for that. It sometimes uh, it comes out naturally when you talk about it. So if we were to tell like the version for dummies for conscious consumption, because you can say it's so much and it can change a lot. So if you were able to give some advice to some people that have not been very conscious about their consumption yet, where could they start? Reach out. It's okay to ask for help. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out to whom? The people around. Or just start the conversation because everyone in, is thinking about it right now. And, and you can see like it started with, I don't know if it started with it, but like plastic bag is, is something that everyone can relate to. And, and it's... Uh, it's kind of a shame now to buy a plastic bag because we talked so much about it and, you know, we helped each other. Okay, let's make some tote bags. Let's make something that could last a little bit longer. Um, talk, reach out. Uh, maybe, um, maybe just think about it. Think about what, uh, what's, what's easy to do for the environment. Like, like for me, it was super easy to stop eating meat it wasn't that interesting to me. Um, for other people, it could be something different. It doesn't have to be what everyone says, but but like the small habits are mm. a good place to start. Yeah, I like the fact that you mentioned food because I guess this conscious consumption more related and having more empathy towards other, more empathy towards the world and the planet itself. Uh, the the huge conversation has been pretty much about food so far, or like for the last two decades or even more in places like Denmark where in the 60s people were already having this discussion. But I I guess fashion 
and conscious consumption in fashion comes like afterwards. It's like a process. You get conscious first that yes, the world is gonna end if we don't do anything about it. And that's already a huge step to make, a huge step to take, right? And after being conscious of how really tough the situation is and how we really need to do something right now, not tomorrow, then people start changing habits. But I guess it comes food, it comes like how you relate to others, and then maybe in a second or a third stage, people start questioning themselves about what they are wearing. Where mm. did it come from? Mm. What is it made out of? Who made it? So I understand that it's a discussion that it's hard to bring to the table. It mm. might not be the first priority of people when thinking about climate change. But yeah, definitely the fashion industry, it's contributing hugely mm. to increasing, I guess, carbon emissions and mm. other uh, sources of contamination to the planet. So how to get people into going into that topic already? How to lead people into taking the steps of acknowledging how bad so, uh, social and climate change is and then thinking even about what they are wearing? Well, I can't even believe I'm, I'm, I'm there, but it's, and it's not mm. something that, this is not gonna be our job, but when people are being exposed to the consequences of their actions, something happens. Like, uh, like the Netflix documentaries when when they see the whole like the plastic islands and everything. Uh, we did a little bit of it, but in a kind, gentle way in our now campaign. But um, I I think unfortunately that's what it kind of takes like to be exp like that to me anyway. Like that's meant a huge difference to be exposed to so many other ways of, of living and uh, and being and also the consequences and everything it's like that creates transformation actually but um, uh, I wish it was different I wish we could just talk about it and be like yeah okay you're probably right maybe I should start changing habits maybe I ride my bike or just take the bus instead of uh, whatever but but yeah. I like what you mentioned at the beginning when I asked you, like, what's the first thing? And you actually said to actually think, because that's what consciousness is about, right? It's about what we think. So I love that you mentioned just think what could be easy for you. Mm -hmm. What is something that you can start doing now? Because those things jumping like into water and suddenly becoming like absolutely uh, sustainable yourself that could be much to ask but if you can think now today what is easy for me and if you can start reaching out to people mm. uh, for finding more and more inspiration and taking mm -hmm. more and more steps towards this but i'm really curious what do you girls do how do you uh, live the conscious uh, life uh, yourselves personally mm -hmm. um Oh, a lot of a lot of things. Um, Give us ten. Ten, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, or five. We are you've got five options. <laughs> yeah. Five are fine. Like a simple a simple thing that I changed was to change my water bottle. So I went from the plastic ones that I buy in stores and I use them a couple of times and then I buy a new one. Yeah, so I got one that is long lasting and in this case it's not plastic. Um, so that's a choice I made. Um, the same with my coffee cup. Uh, it's something that I bring with me. Um, I use bamboo straws. Uh, I don't eat meat anymore. Um, I don't, uh, like when I buy something, I think about how not just I need this for this one occasion, if it's like a garment. Um, but I will think about, okay, how can I use it for every day? Can I use it for a party? Can I use it, um, yeah, just going out like um, for a casual evening um, and try to um, like challenge myself into how can I be creative with this garment? Yeah. So those are just some of the choices. So yeah. also, uh, because you've mentioned for the last one, the, the actual fashion part, mm. that you are looking into being able to reuse a piece of cloth mm -hmm. uh, in many different occasions. Do you look into what it's made of and w do you can you tell like a tip for the actual fibers that last longer? Mm. Like if I wanted to buy something, like one of the things I have no idea about is how can I recognize will this last 
or not. Mm. I can figure out if I can reuse it, but <laughs> yeah. Um, the first first thing that comes to mind is actually more that it, it's made from God certified cotton, for instance, because that made means it's organic. It, it's been treated in to that standard. Um, so that choice is always a better choice. Um, it's a bit more expensive, but knowing that it lasts longer, um, then that's okay. Uh, you can also um, um, no, I lost my train of thoughts here. It will yeah. come back. It will yeah. come back. <laughs> it will come. So we can in the meantime hear Lotte. Lotte, what do you do yourself to have a more conscious living? Besides not eating meat, right? That we know already, yes. Start a conscious business. Mm -hmm. Start a conscious <laughs> That's a good one. I like mm -hmm. it, yes. I know. <laughs> Uh, no, well, I, uh, well, actually, I, I went from uh, no meat to, to no animal products at all mm. anymore. Vegan. Uh, which is awesome. Um, yeah, and I also take uh, conscious actions in, in my everyday life. Uh, I I think about it when I, like, I, I rarely buy clothes anymore. I, I, like, I don't know, I'm a fashion designer, I like to make it myself. <laughs> But if I buy something, I think, uh, of course, I consider how it's made. And I prefer uh, looking around in vintage shops or like reusing. And Aarhus is a great city for that. Uh, like, like the bigger cities are getting more of that, so it's easy. Um, I, uh, yeah, just like all the small actions, because it's so easy to change. Um, and I live very simple. Mm. Um, my my family doesn't always understand, I think, but I really enjoy just uh, living in a bag, and and just very simply. And uh, the past few months, I've I've been living in in uh, this room because my friend was out of town, so that was convenient. But I don't have any of the furniture myself, and it's just kind of like just taking the day as it is and and finding out about tomorrow because everything is fine and. Um, like that whole thing is just bringing in more conscious and conscience. Um, but I think to me, the biggest thing is uh, to talk about this and not just not just in the conscious choices, all the all the pl practical uh, physical stuff, like in the physical world, but to to kind to be of service to the next person to help them see how sustainability is not only in the physical world but but in the mindset like and in that way to to help them with whatever they're dealing with um, cuz it's hard it's hard to find out yeah. what to do and and in this way like just reach out and be a friend and in this way maybe on the long term they would they yeah. would do the same so like to bring on this fellowship cuz because that's just like, that's our survival kit. It's the fellowship. Mm. I really like that you mentioned the vintage shops. Because one of the things I was thinking like, what was for me one of the biggest things like, because I also started moving away from uh, fast fashion. And one of the things was, of course, I got used to that I have new clothes mm. that I can look different, right? So that's something that uh, we are brainwashed with for a long time. And then I started like, yeah, it's not about I want to have a new cloth. It can be a new looking cloth so I can mm. buy it in a vintage store. So that was like, whoa, I can look different without buying something that has been produced again very easily. And that's something that was already used by buying it. I'm actually making it live longer. Mm -hmm. So it kind of helped me a lot. Also, simple things. Uh, I have exchanged some clothes with a friend mm -hmm. so that we can uh, have a little bit of freshness uh, into the way we look. And that was one of the things that I wanted to ask you in relation to your brand, because you mentioned that uh, you make these beautiful bags that last for a lifetime. This is a friend you can have for a lifetime. But what about us, we women also, you know, change, grow, mm -hmm. and a bag that we might have loved in our 20s might not be us anymore in our mm -hmm. 30s or 40s because we change as people and wo what we connected with and felt may not be the same thing after 10 years or something. Mm -hmm. Do you have any visions for... Yes. <laughs> Tell us about it. Go. 
We are very, <laughs> very excited about the whole circular economy uh, yes. aspect, the principles. So what we've done so far is to introduce a, a simple loop where um, our customers are able to sell a product back to us and we will make sure it gets new life or is uh, taken care of properly. Um, and like the vision is that we will have like a su subscription or something uh, where people have access to the bags and can change whenever uh, it feels right um, to a new product. And that uh, idea uh, is very interesting because it can also be um, uh, inclusive of uh, garments, uh, shoes and everyday mm. like uh, other fashion products and yeah. This is amazing because I had already looked for the definition of what circular economy is because when Marta, you told me that we were going to have these two guests today and I researched into what they were doing and the first thing that came up to my mind is this is this is the fourth industrial revolution. This is the circular economy happening. It's no longer theory It's no longer which is something we should already know. This is something that is already happening. Business disruption is disrupting also capitalism is disrupting also the economic system, the, the way we relate to things, the way we relate to money. And uh, if you would allow me, I would like to read what like circular economy is for sure. our audience, because maybe not many people are uh, aware of mm -hmm. this concept. It says uh, often referred to simply circularity as circularity is an economic system aimed at minimizing waste and making the most of resources. So it's exactly what you're doing. I just want to add uh, a short input before I give you back the microphone. And it's uh, something I heard about the circular economy system and it's also changing the way we relate to private property and to personal property mm -hmm. because when a parent gives a toy to a kid and this is something i heard from somebody else whom i don't remember right now and you tell them i bought this toy for you and it's yours and it will be yours until you damage it break it or you lose it but if you give a kid a toy and say this is something that your neighbor used to have and she no longer so he no longer wants to use it. Now you can use it until you no longer want to use it and we're going to give it to another kid mm. that can use it after you. That also switches in your mind as a human being the way you relate to your property mm. is no longer mine. It's mm. actually something I want to share. I'm willing to share and I will give it use for as long as I need it. Mm. So it's great that you're implementing this whole circular economy system into your brand as well and it, it is very disruptive i understand but i think the world is moving forward towards understanding how this works yeah and definitely uh i mean fashion and clothes and what we wear is one big topic and toys <laughs> and, <laughs> and toys. children that's yet another topic with a lot of plastic <laughs> and a lot of uh, chemicals and uh, yeah definitely a lot of consciousness that can go there and a lot of a lot can be done there for sure mm. for sure yeah so what are the next steps for you uh, well right now we are focusing on branding and then we will it's going to be a, another month or so uh, and then we're going to evaluate say what do we want to use the next three months uh, to focus on to see um and that could be the subscription part uh, because we're very excited about that um mm. Sometimes I feel like we're waiting for the audience or the, the yeah. people we need to uh, to test it, um, to make it work. Um, so hopefully we'll... The thing is, when people finally understand what this is about, they are so on board with it. Mm. But it, it really takes time. Mm. And, and that's one of the other disadvantages of, of being a first mover in this area because we like in and especially fa in fashion it's like it sometimes you just gotta wait for the for the customers um but in the meantime we can build up the brand we can we can uh, let people know what we are doing why we're doing it uh, about consciousness and everything and um like when we see a green light we can be like yeah okay now we have you can rent a bag. It can be yours for 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 one day at a time. Maybe like uh, like change that mindset. Um, um, because like I, I personally, I I like having the bag until it's broken, like until I wear it up. But 
but uh, it's like the subscription it could be a nice alternative to the people who would normally go to another fast fashion brand and and buy something just for Friday night. So like you can rent this for Friday night maybe. Mm. That's an interesting idea. Yeah, yeah one thing is vin- vintage yeah. stores. Another thing is being able to rent something. If yeah. you would like to have maybe something spectacular, maybe something for a big party yeah. that you really are not going to be continuing to use <laughs> in your daily life. So that's a very nice. Uh, do you have any other interesting visions for your brand that you would like to share? You were also us. saying earlier that in your campaigning process, you kind of smoothly try to touch into the topic and make people think about these things a little bit deeper. And you kind of in your expression were like, maybe you're afraid to go all the way into the educating part, into the raising awareness about what all of the circular economy is, about all of these uh, conscious consumption is. Why don't you go all in? Why why don't you take also that responsibility in, in the sense that as a business disruptor, you are taking the responsibility, right, of uh, educating the business people, your investors or your potential investors. But why not also take a little bit of that responsibility of spreading through the branding the knowledge about this conscious consumption well that's what we do uh, what what i meant is that we don't want to to shame people for mm. where we are today like uh and that's why in, in the campaign video like we just had a clip about the plastics in the ocean but but that's not like we can't be in that like that moment's gone we can't mm. be there anymore we can't we can't scold our parents for throwing out uh, things in in the uh, different wrong containers or whatever, like we can't do that, because it it happened and we can't just be in the past. We're here now. What can what can we do now? What can, like how can we help each other and lift each other? And and that's our focus. Like that's where we're <laughs> aggressive in our own <laughs> way, mm-hmm. but it, that's also very uncommon because. Um, like you like you see all over the world and and I think it's kind of a shame like people are, are shaming each other because of of the actions but truth is to me anyway that we did the best we could mm-hmm. like we always do even when we do something wrong I've eaten meat for 22 years of my life or something because I didn't know and and maybe for a couple of years I I did know but I couldn't stop or whatever but but what can I do now? And that's where we are. Yeah, and I feel like uh, when my own experience is that when people uh, try to shame me and to do something different, change my behavior, I might do it for a short while, but at some point I'm gonna go justify why I don't have to do it. Um, so that is like, uh, for me, that's like a fear-based way, a fear-based approach. Um, and it doesn't work. It doesn't work for me in the long time, uh, in the long way, uh, um, the long run. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I really believe that a more loving approach uh, where we invite people to have a look, um, just try, try today, try something today. And what I've experienced is that this is progressive. So I will do one thing today and then that will I will struggle maybe for a time and then I will be ready to do the next thing. And so I'm mm. doing two things and then I'm doing four things and eight things. And um, so it slowly grows. And now that I'm looking back at like three years where I stopped smoking, I stopped drinking, I don't eat meat, I don't buy clothing the way I did before. Um, and like, oh, my God, this is what I wanted, but I didn't know how. And now I've been doing it for two or three years. Mm. Amazing. I really like this approach of not shaming people. I also don't believe that by shaming people, judging people, fear, you know, getting people into fear zone, you just produce more fear, Mm -hmm. you just produce more negative emotions, and you just escalate on already negative behaviors. That's, Mm -hmm. that's what I think that it does. And, uh, approaching it from a different perspective because that's not what we have tried yet mm. uh, for you know we have there there is a lot of fearing there is you know there is a lot of shaming judging fearing and it's not really working that well no. is it the behavior is not really, not really changing, changing even though i mean we are just 
you know, feeling like we are dying right now mm -hmm. and we are like, oh, it's gone. It's, mm -hmm. it's so bad. It's just uh, it's gone. Right. Yeah. But if you approach it with love and compassion and yeah. uh, saying like, OK, what is it that I can do now? Mm -hmm. And what is it that I can change already now? And I... Uh, the, the way I try to approach it for myself, I'm like, okay, if I look at the news, it's just gone. You know, it's just like we are already the, the apocalypse has already happened. And, you know, like I don't want I don't want it. That's mm -hmm. not the way I want to do it. And then I start to think, okay, what it is that I can do now. And another thing that always brings me hope is that we are all the time developing as humans and mm -hmm. the science is developing as well. And if we try collaborating, if we start collaborating and linking the things that we already know, then we actually can do something about it. Mm -hmm. It's not going to happen if we look only here mm -hmm. and then separately only here and then separately only here. Of course, it's not going to mm -hmm. save the world. Mm -hmm. But if we start working, collaborating, if we start sharing love, oh, now I, now I sound like a <laughs> I, preacher. I'm just I think that there is something very interesting about all of these conversations that we've had today. And it's the fact that when you go towards uh, and you move towards a more sustainable way of living, with your habits and your lifestyle, you also kind of have to get out of the closet, right? In some way, like come out of the closet mm -hmm. with it and say, I'm vegan. I don't eat meat. Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not going to go to this store. I'm not going to buy this kind of clothes. And it's also disrupting not only the business, but also the culture. Yourself are culturally disruptive for a lot of people. So I guess I understand it takes also a lot of mental struggle and mental courage to actually take the steps to go and live sustainable, sustainably and then go and talk about it to mm -hmm. other people and be willing to kind of take the backfires from somebody. So how do you guys deal with that cultural backfire in the fashion industry? If I can say something first, I never came out of the closet and said mm -hmm. what I don't do. Mm -hmm. I came out and say what I do. Mm -hmm. And maybe the first time it was not eating meat for one meal for that week and if it's the best you can do that one week just do it anyway and then the next week it might be two meals and then the week after I will sort my garbage mm -hmm. but but that's what um, uh, that that's what makes me sad when people are already destructing or destroying themselves like oh I ca like I'm already a, a terrible person I'm mm. I shouldn't be here on this earth mm. um, okay I'll just go to bestseller and buy this for Friday and I'll just go and have all this food or I'll like I will never be able to quit smoking or whatever and just um, so uh, have one less cigarette or or uh, uh, just like check out your closet again like could you m maybe mix it up or whatever mm. ask a friend if you can borrow a dress but. Yeah. Okay. Well, we are approaching uh, to the end of our show. So I would like to ask each one of you to tell us what is really important for you in your brand. Like, why should people buy it? <laughs> I hope you see their faces. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you are watching it on TV, you can see. Um, to me, it's a. Uh, I, I feel like our brand is um, the manifestation of our hope and our faith in that this is um, possible. Um, and I don't even want to say that you have to buy our brand. If it, if it's, if it doesn't fit your style, then it's, it's okay. Just, just stop and think. Uh, yeah. And if it is, then I hope, yeah, you will choose our brand because we are doing so many uh, making so many choices um, based on this loving philosophy. Um, so I just hope that we will earn that trust. Mm. Okay, Lotte? Well, she already said the most important part. But I also think that people should buy our products because they are beautiful and you mm -hmm. can tell they're made with passion and with love and it's it sounds like a cliche but really like we make an effort mm. and, and we check everything and we like we have the highest demands ourselves. <laughs> so if we can approve it and put it out there, then you can definitely uh, get it. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Thank you for that. Thank you for being here with us today and go to Nord by Nord and buy their beautiful bags. Bye. <laughs>
You are listening to You've Got 5 Options radio show, where we hopefully convinced you that 5 indeed is a magic number. To catch up with our previous programs, apply to be our guest, send us your life challenge, or just to see how do we really look like, visit our website, the5options.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will come for more. That's all, folks!